Whew. All right. I hope I got this thing going right. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 19. Uh, we're going to get to the triumphant entry of Jesus entering Jerusalem and riding the donkey's colt. But before then, we got a few things to talk about. Uh, we're going to start with the first part of chapter 19 of Luke. Uh, we're going to start off with the story about Zacchaeus. Uh, I'm going to start reading here at the first verse. It says, Then Zacchaeus entered and passed through Jericho. Now then Jesus, excuse me, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. <clears throat> now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a tax collector, and he was very rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Now, there's some unique things about this story about Zacchaeus. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of salvation experiences that people had in their interaction with Jesus that's not recorded in the Bible. <clears throat> it's very the Bible's very condensed, but this is one of the exceptional stories, and it's there for a reason uh, to show a lot of things. There's a lot of things about this this happening that was unique. Uh, the fact that Zacchaeus was rich. Uh, you recall last week we talked about the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and he was testing Jesus and Jesus knew his heart. So Jesus did what only Jesus can do is he got to the heart of the problem with the individual and he did it right there on the spot. Uh, the rich young ruler had a lot of money and he loved his money more than anything and Jesus knew it. And so Jesus gave him a strict statement. He said, you, go, he said one, he said, you lack one thing. Go sell everything you've got and give it to the poor and come take up your cross and follow me. But he wasn't willing to do it. Because, you see, Jesus knew what his God was. His God was his money. Now, <clears throat> And, and, you know, we can read that where Jesus told the rich young ruler that and, and we could take it wrong like a lot of them took it wrong and say, well, you know, then nobody can be saved if we're not willing to sell everything we've got and give it to the poor and, and live in dire, uh, dire uh, need. Uh, nobody can be saved. Now, that's taking it wrong. What happened there with the young, rich young ruler was Jesus was getting to the source of his problem and revealing it. And it's, the Bible says he went away very sorrowful. Now, we got the, picture, the, the story today of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. You might say that he was equivalent of our tax assessor collector that we've got in Brazoria that collects all the taxes for Brazoria. You know, he was over other, other tax collectors and he was very rich. But Jesus didn't tell him what he told the rich young ruler. He didn't tell him to go sell everything he had and give it to the poor. 
because Jesus looked at his, the man's heart and saw his heart, and he saw that he knew he was very rich, but he saw that that money was not his God. And that was not his problem. So Jesus didn't deal. He didn't have a problem there. So Jesus didn't deal with it. A lot of things about Zacchaeus is so much different. And you know, as, as, as we study things in the Bible, you can, study, you can study one thing like the rich young ruler and take what Jesus said to the rich young ruler and take it completely wrong. You know, but you've got to compare it with other things and achieve balance in your study. Now, so <clears throat> uh, Zacchaeus... He was a wee little man. He was a wee little man. <laughs> yeah. But you know, uh, I, was, I was studying in Matthew Henry about this. And Matthew Henry, he, had, he wrote several pages in his commentary just about Zacchaeus alone. And he said, he said, many that are little of stature have large souls and are very lively in spirit. Uh, I, I've encountered a lot of people of short stature in my life, and, and most of them are feisty. No kidding. Most of them are feisty. <laughs> and I think the reason they're that way is because from youth, they have to put up with all the big ones picking on them, you know. I see a bunch of them. <clears throat> yeah, there's probably a bunch of them in here. I, you know, I didn't, when I was playing football, I didn't really didn't appreciate the little guys, you know, that, that never got to play, you know. They went through all the agility drills, all the training, all the sweating and all the hitting. They had to put up with hitting the big guys. And never got to play. You know, they were the toughest ones on the squad, and none of the rest of us know it. We just enjoyed picking on them. You know, but man, they they had their glue in them. I guarantee you. And and you know, Zacchaeus was this way. The man's short. He's in a crowd. All he sees is the bottom of people's chin. You know, and he's looking for Jesus. He knows Jesus is there, so he just forgets. He drops his pride. He runs down the road like a little kid and climbs up in a sycamore tree. You know, and here's a man that normally would be proud and arrogant because of his success, but he's not. You know, it, it didn't affect him that way. You know, he not. He, he, he ran down and he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus. And it's a reminder... Whoever you are in life, wherever you are in life, whoever you are, no matter how much money you've got or how much money you don't have, if you want to see Jesus, you can see Jesus. The things of this world do not pertain or do not matter in the spiritual kingdom of God. Now, <clears throat> The last two or three Sundays I've asked y'all, what is the kingdom of God? I'm going to ask you again. What is the kingdom of God? And the Holy Spirit. Okay. Where is that at found? In Romans. Be more specific. Romans 14, 17. 
All right, Jesus was talking all during his ministry. He mentioned the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the, the kingdom of God. They didn't know what he was talking about. They thought that he was going to become king and rule in Jerusalem, and they were going to see that. And in, during the time of this lesson, they still didn't see it. Nobody saw it until after Pentecost, because that's when the kingdom of God came, when the Spirit was, was poured out. You see, God cannot change anybody until He can get on the inside of you and change you from the inside out, and He could not do that until after Jesus went to the cross and the Spirit was poured out. That's what changes people. Is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, it says, he, For he was short of stature. So he ran and, and he climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus. Now you think Jesus had met Zacchaeus before? No, no, I don't think so. But he knew his name, didn't he? He knows your name too, and mine, and everybody else's. In every language, in every tribe, every society of people on the face of this earth, he knows everybody's name. He knows how many hairs are growing in each and every one of his head. And he's not having to keep very good count where I'm concerned. <laughs> he just keeps subtracting. <clears throat> so he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today, I'm going to stay at your house. Man, what a compliment. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He's gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Can you imagine people that are so depraved that they would actually be in the presence of Jesus and still grumble about him and complain against him? I can't imagine that. It said, Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Now that's what the law said to do. When you acquired something unjustly or cheated somebody out of something, pay them back fourfold. And he said, I'm, I'm, going to give, I'm making a commitment right now. I'm, I'm going to give half of my goods to the poor. He didn't have to be told to do that. He was just ready to do it. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, I've often wondered that as Jesus stayed there with Zacchaeus. What kind of conversations they had? What they talked about? It's uh, something to wonder about, isn't it? 
But uh, this guy, he was uh, <clears throat> he was short. And then you you know in the world's eye, little people just don't matter. In the world's eye, the big, handsome, the good-looking, beautiful women—that's the ones that are important. <clears throat> but that's not the way God looks at things. <clears throat> God sees us all alike, whether we're big, small, good-looking, or ugly. It don't matter to Him, because God looks on the heart. And as we mature in the Lord, we should we should gradually get to be that way too. We, we don't look on the outward beauty of any person, but we look at their heart through the ability that God has given us. I've got a picture at the house taken of Charlotte and I when we were in high school and we were on a trail ride and we were on our horses and we were at Latoul Park in Bay City. And I guess my mother took this took this picture of us and we were sitting there on our horses side by side in this picture and I I was looking at that last night and I thought what in the world ever happened to them two kids <laughs> been a long time ago and oh how the Lord has changed us and he's continuing to change us and, you know, I've, I ask the Lord all the time, Lord, don't ever take your hand off me because I have a tendency to mess up. I'm good at messing up. And, you know, the Lord has to get all the credit for anything good that comes from my life because I'm good at messing up. Verse 12, it says, Therefore he said, A certain noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered them ten minas, and said to them, Do business until I come. Now that's a minor, uh, that amount was about $5,000. He uh, <clears throat> says, But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by his trading. Now that's what the Lord's going to do when he t returns. Uh, we're all going to have to appear before, uh, before him when he returns. And uh, we're going to have to give an account of what we've done. It says, then, then the first came, saying, Master, your mina has earned you ten minas. And he said unto him, Well, good, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, You also be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept, but put away in a handkerchief, for I feared you, because you are an austere man. You collected what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. Now, this guy, he had a wrong concept of God. And he was saying some things here that was wrong about God. He said, you're an austere man and you collect where you don't deposit. Well, the Lord deposited. 
with all these people. He gave them their gift, you know. But this guy, he didn't, he didn't realize that. He's making wrong statements about the Lord. And he said to him, Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. In other words, according to what you said, I'll judge you according to what you said. He said, You knew that I was an austere man collecting when I did not deposit and reaping when I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said unto him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even that which he has will be taken away from him. Now, let's, let's narrow down on this word has. He said, For I say unto you, that everyone who has will be given. Has what? Faith. Faith. That's the thing we live by, isn't it? He said, he, he that everyone who has will be given. You can just write faith in there between the word has and the word will and you'll be accurate. And from him who does not have, even that which he has will be taken away from him. In other words, God is not a respecter of persons. He gives to all of us according to our ability. And if we don't use it, in the end we'll lose it. The old saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. It's true. But he says, bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. Now, you know, that's going to happen when the Lord returns. A lot of people are going to die. The people that hated him, he's going he's to snuff them out. He's no longer going to be the suffering servant. He's going to be the conquering king. And that's going to happen. It says, When he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany, at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where you will enter. You will find a coat tied on which, one ha on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. Now, <clears throat> now Robert's a donkey man here. He knows all about donkeys. <laughs> what, what do you do when you try to break a, a set on a donkey that nobody's ever sat on? Now, Robert's been tore up by some donkeys and messing with them at times. Is that a rodeo or not? It's a donkey rodeo. A donkey rodeo. Well, I guarantee you there was no donkey rodeo this time because the Lord just did a, he just did a miracle on that donkey and he, it was no problem, you know, none at all. <clears throat> he says, if anyone asks you why you're loosing it, thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent with their way 
and found it just as he said to them. <clears throat> but as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosing the colt? These guys are stealing my donkey. <laughs> you know, confront them. You know, hey, why are you, <laughs> why are you stealing my donkey? <laughs> and they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. Now, what do you think, the, the people that owned the donkey, what do you think they did? Probably turned around and went back in the house. No, I don't think so. No, they stood by the road and watched Jesus come by. I think they followed the donkey. <laughs> I do. Somebody comes up to your house and steals your donkey. I know, but you don't like donkeys. Robert, somebody comes up and steals your donkey. What are you going to do? You're going to follow her. Right. All right. I think they followed the donkey to see what was going to. No. Yeah. God had already prepared that man's heart. That's right. That's right. And the man, I, I guarantee you, the man went with the donkey. He said, I got to see this. Because he know he done dealt with donkeys before, you know. He says, I just want to see what's going to happen when that guy gets on that donkey that nobody's ever sat on. And when he sees that, they brought, bring the little donkey up there, you know, they put a padding on it for kind of a makeshift saddle, and Jesus sits on the donkey, and it's just calm, and nothing happens. And the guy that owns the donkey said, well, my, I bet his jaw dropped off. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. So, you know, he continues to follow. And here's a guy that was in his everyday routine of life, no contact with Jesus whatsoever, and these guys come up and get his donkey, and all of a sudden, that hook is set, and he doesn't even know it. The Lord's drawing him to Jesus. The Lord uses lots of things to draw people to Jesus. And in this case, it was just ownership of a donkey coat. Said they spread their clothes. It says, and as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he saw, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now this was a victorious time. This was the... This was the culminating point of the glorious ministry of Jesus. He's fixing to go into Jerusalem and, and everything is going to turn around from this triumphant entry. is going to end and he's going to be a few days he's going to be arrested. He's going to be tried. He's going to be flogged. He's going to go to the cross and pay for the sins of the world. And all the people that's gathered around him 
that are, are praising Him and worshiping Him and putting their clothes on the, on the road, they think they're ushering the king into Jerusalem, then he's going to become king, and then he's going to rule from, from Jerusalem and subdue all of his enemies, and then the kingdom of God, their conception of the kingdom of God is going to happen, which, which is not going to happen until the millennial reign. Not really. But what they thought was fixing to happen was not going to happen. Jesus was going to be crucified. And I can, I can just see these Pharisees hollering at him. Hey, you tell them people to be quiet. And Jesus just hollers back at them. And he says, hey, if they, if they was to be quiet, the rocks would cry out. You know. It says, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. And he said, if you had known, and he's talking to Jerusalem and the people of Jerusalem, the people of Israel. He's saying, if you had known, even you especially in your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. He says, For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Now that happened in A.D. 70 when Titus came in and completely destroyed the city and dispersed the Jews, killed most of them, and dispersed the rest of them into slavery. And how they survived is just a miracle of God uh, because he destroyed most of them. Because they did not know the time of their visitation. In another one of the Gospels, it records something else that Jesus said. He said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who persecute and, pro and, and kill the, the prophets. He said, How often would I have gathered you under my wings as a hen gathers her chicks? but you would not. It says, Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. You know, that's what's wrong with the church today. We have a lot of activities going on in church, but not much prayer. There was an outer court. It's called the court of the Gentiles. And that's where all the... They had done away with the, the normal use of that and they had converted it into a flea market, you might say. And there were, there were merchants in that outer court there that were selling all different kind of wares, you know. Uh, sacrificial animals and uh, everything, you know, and, and they'd made a business out of it. They was making big money doing it. Uh, people that would come into Jerusalem, you know, 
uh, that were not from uh, the Jews, that were strangers, they'd come in there and exchange their money, and the Jews would cheat them out of there in the, in the coin exchange. They would cheat them on the value of their money, make big money off of that. <clears throat> and they, they, it was just a, a place of doing business. A wicked place of doing business. And the Lord ran them out of there. He called them a den of thieves. It says, And he was teaching daily in the temple, but the chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him and were unable to do anything, for all the people were very attentive to hear him. These, these religious leaders, they wanted to kill him so bad but they could not do it until God got ready to let them do it. Now, I want to mention some, something else here at the close of this lesson. We're living in some pretty troublesome times right now, even in this country, and the rest of the world is too. But I believe that, I sincerely believe that we are in the time that Jesus said was the beginning of sorrows or the beginning of birth pains. And everybody's saying that things are going to get better, things are going to get better, going to get better, but folks, they're not. They're going to get worse. It's going to get, it's going to, get to where your money is not going to be worth anything. Getting away now. It's been increasing, incrementally increasing for years and years. Our politicians set these big budgets, and it's, and they know they can't tax the people to get the money, so they just print it, and the money has nothing to back it up. There's no gold to back up the value of that money, so the money doesn't have any value. The only reason it has any value is because the government says so. So they print all this money and they put it into their programs and then that makes inflation just go crazy. Because when you got X amount of dollars in circulation and you print a bunch more dollars, then that makes the amount that exists worth less. So people pay for it through inflation. So you know, I remember when I was a kid you could buy a hamburger, a good hamburger for 25 cents. Now you I be. Remember yeah. But I'm way older than you. Yeah. Well, what are they now? I don't even know. Five, six dollars. Five, six dollars for a cheap hamburger. Four fifty. Yeah. You don't eat that on for, for a real good hamburger, it's eight, ten dollars. Andy, I get a bargain at Wendy's. You get a junior bacon cheeseburger and a small chocolate frosty for three dollars. That's with my veteran's discount. <laughs> <laughs> well, all, that's my lunch a lot of that. Well, all I can say, brother, is you better enjoy it yeah. because it ain't going to last all that long. And what's going to happen, folks, the, the economies of the world, the monetary system of the world is going to collapse. It is going to collapse. There's no way that anybody can keep you from it can keep it from it and all the the juicy promises that the politicians promise you when they're running for office they know they can't fulfill them they know they can't and 
you know, the economies of the world is going to collapse. And for those that don't know Jesus, that's, a, that's just a, a horrible, horrible thought, you know, of that happening. But in spite of that going to happen, we know it's going to happen. The Bible says it is. In spite of that going to happen, we can still have hope because ain't nothing can happen till, until God gets ready to allow it to happen. And when He allows it to happen, it's going to happen. And there ain't no sense worrying about it because as long as you got faith in Jesus, your testimony, your trust is in Him, it don't matter whether you have money or whether you don't. He'll take care of you. And if it comes down to the time that... It's, that that they'll come into a Sunday school class here and surround us with some machine guns and say, yeah, you're, the economy's gone, you're going to have to take this marker, you ain't buying or selling nothing. If you don't take it, we're going to kill you. Well, I hope that I'm the first one they kill. I really do. Length of life doesn't matter, it's quality of life that matters. 